Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is Ellie Nunn, my co-host is James Evans, and nobody's bursting our love bubble. Uh, Hi James! Hi! So nice. Ah. I, we didn't mention it last week. Or excuse me, that was what a scam trying to say that there was a last week. <laughs> We've missed you guys. Wow, way to prod a wound. <laughs> the insult. I, I forgot to say the last episode, which was two weeks ago. I always thought it was really funny how you know Dolores comes to Teresa at, in like the very first episode to tell her that Joe Gorga has been talking shit about Louis at that god awful looking house husband's comedy stand-up night oh my god yes and instead of flipping off Teresa's just like ah that's so nice Ah." (laughs) and that little like Elmo voice that she's developed in latter years oh my god I completely forgot about that comedy night Ah! on the cut of Joe Gorga (laughs) just on stage being like what my balls here big enough for your fucking pussy or whatever you're just like oh god oh god who gave them a microphone I remember like because I follow Melissa Gorga on Instagram her advertising it at the time and I was like if we get a whole fucking episode of them filming this stand-up show I'm gonna kill myself thank god it was only a flashback and even that was too much god what a pile of old shite I've got to hand it to her having completed the season and the reunions i think teresa judas might finally push me over the edge and off the podcast (laughs) i think i have to quit it hit a point where i actually said james i was like i was like i actually can't watch this woman anymore and i was like thank god this is the last season we have because it's becoming a chore and it's like it's eroding my soul watching Teresa Judice have the platform she has and the power she has and she's just the worst person on the planet get it all out yeah we're never gonna have to deal with her again she's dead to us after this she- oh god <laughs> my entire Ellie my entire a fucking iPad across just- the room <laughs> Fell apart. Oh God, my sleeping tablets are holding up my screen. Are you thinking specifically about the bit where (laughs) Teresa decides to reveal this 15-year grudge that she's held against Melissa because Melissa, like some selfish See You Next Tuesday, decided to have her wedding at the exact time when Teresa was heavily pregnant? (gasps) Oh my god. And, and if she was a if good you were sister, good sister-in-law, you I'm just saying, you know, wait, you wait. Oh, Teresa. If I have to hear her say one more time, if you was a good wife, if you was a good sister-in-law, if you, if I cannot believe was. that she thinks that she is the final word in anything on the planet. Anything. And one thing, the only thing to bring me any joy out of that whole reunion was the fact that Andy Cohen finally looked sick of her to the point of not being able to hide, like, it was the one time I felt like Andy Cohen seemed to actually find Teresa Judas quite intolerable. Yeah. And when he was saying like, have you ever changed your mind about anything? Yeah. I kind of, I felt the same. It was like mm-hmm. even Andy Cohen tried logic in that moment. But we all know that gets you nowhere. She really is not to harp on about this wedding business, but I can honestly say in my 10 plus years of watching Teresa Judas on television, I think that is the single most annoying thing she's ever done. Like, it's so unreasonable and it's so delusional. If for nothing else, Teresa, that wasn't exactly like it was like she was pregnant with Audriana. She was pregnant with fucking Melania. That was, or like the, the second one, Gabriella. Like, she was going to be pregnant for like the next five years. So, like, in a five year range of time, basically, Melissa couldn't get married. 
it's just outrageous it's on every ludicrous. level. It's and if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Outrageous. As is like every accusations of Teresa's in that reunion where it's like it becomes it's so absurd and so it's so funny how watching that reunion, all of the drama of the first half of the season in which, you know, Jen's husband having an actual affair was called out feels so distant and far away and sort of unimportant in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things because the whole season gets hijacked by Teresa going so mad about nothing, about the most ludicrous barrel scraping story. Like, like her response is so off the wall. And what we're talking about is Margaret making eye contact with Louis, effectively. Yeah. That whole reunion, I guess the show in general, Teresa is... Because we've all, we've like discussed before how it's sort of an unwritten code on the housewives that you have to sort of make up an argument within the season, or at least within two seasons. Like one distinct argument cannot progress past two seasons, otherwise we're going to tire of it. And the women normally Mm -hmm. put on quite a good face of moving on, but you can tell they're sort of annoyed, but they can't really talk about it. Teresa will just barrel on through a season, seemingly fine with something, and then out of nowhere, we'll just be like, yeah, and Melissa, you, you was friends with Caroline and Jacqueline. And it's like, what? Where's that come from? Huh? Literally, when Jacqueline it's, came up, I was just like, I, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> it felt very season three in the best kind of way, this reunion, where it was like very bitter quarrels between Melissa and Teresa over these very domestic things about like who was invited to what family event and the very unintentionally funny, but very dark familial stuff about Melissa like painting her dying mother-in-law's toenails. But the hypocrisy of the fact that Teresa can basically say to Melissa, get over not being my bridesmaid. I wouldn't care about something as petty as that. And in the same breath practically can be like, and you didn't reschedule your wedding around me being pregnant. I know. And I'm pissed at that. (laughs) Is why I just was like, I actually can't watch this woman anymore. I actually can't watch her make no sense anymore um i think we're all on the same page well, um, we have to i can't i i'm we i i i need like our next season if we even have a next season if i can even bear <laughs> to not like, too jaded back, it has to be about we have to do australia or something i need like okay oh yeah I, great i can't i can't be anywhere near Teresa Judice. <laughs> i want out i call uncle i want no more we're doing the real housewives of slovakia next season fantastic so how have you been oh gosh me yeah uh i'm fine i was saying to james i'm time is sort of standing still at the moment i'm so sorry i'm sure it will come as a surprise to no one that us missing last week was on my head we could have recorded it wasn't it wasn't impossible but james very understandingly i think could pick up from my sort of slightly panicked messaging that my one day off was becoming a bit centered around me having to like force feed myself six episodes of Real Housewives rather than punishment I wouldn't wish on my worst James sent me a very lovely message being like just just have a day off you've had your fill of Teresa just just like have a a rest you deserve it hon and now this week I feel a bit like that end of Brief Encounters when the husband's like no I feel like you're like the husband in Brief Encounters where it's like (laughs) you've been away for an awfully long time dear Thank you for coming back to me. Thank you for coming back to me. Yes. It was slightly ruined by that car horn going off in the background, which <laughs> it just sums up my life right now. Um, how am I? Uh-huh. I'm fine. I obviously have had a week of shows and then um, it was Manchester Pride yesterday. Oh my God. Really, There's Pride um, everywhere. I know. Well, you'd be God. very proud of me because um, I, I'm not, well, I'm not a natural gay? in crowds. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you came out? Oh, good for you. No, no, I came out to Pride uh, along with 10,000 other people in Manchester to uh, to hear Mel C sing, only to oh. be told two hours before they weren't letting anyone else in because it was too busy. And so instead, I just had to club hop, which my 31-year-old self had mixed feelings about it. If, Bearing in mind hey, that I'm sober as well, 10,000 yeah. people. Yeah, for you to just say you clubbed would have knocked me over with a feather, but you clubbed hopped. Oh, I clubbed, James. Wow. I club I club hopped. Clubbed and then some. Absolutely. And sober, no less, because Ellie's an alcoholic. I feel like it's a tradition every season that I like imply that you you don't drink have a because you're an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you have to <laughs> <laughs> stole my goddamn house! <laughs> <laughs> What's um, coming out now? So no, no Malsi. Oh. No Malsi, I was gutted. No, God, I lost God. it four hours. And once I knew that there was no uh, no Mel C, I was like, I'm done. Pastor in bed now, please. Mm. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I just um <laughs> I just came back from an audition for a Noel Coward play, so I'm still sort of transitioning from the sort of very clipped talk like that to uh Oh you can like do the episode like that if you want. The base jersey tones of <laughs> Teresa Judice. But at one point in the audition, the director was asking me what I thought about this character that I was doing. And basically he's a bit of a cad and he's not very likable and he's a bit controlling with his wife. And I was trying to say, I don't know where it came from, but I was like, basically, I watch a lot of reality TV. Do you watch Real Housewives? Okay, no one here watches Real Housewives? Okay, no, because it's all like very, (laughs) very somber looking theatre people who are putting on a Noel Coward place. I was like, no, okay, no one does. Okay, cool. Okay, so there's this one person on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. She's called Teresa. Have you heard of her? Okay, no, you haven't. That's fine. No worries. Okay, but basically what happens is like the husbands, they kind of like have their wives on and they kind of want them to do their own thing, but they're kind of really controlling and misogynistic as well. So it's like this really tight box that they have to put them in and blah 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 and it was just not going down well at all the only way i imagine i can get this part if it's one of those like that was a test then you passed the test <laughs> you got the part that is also just story story of our life is us being like i don't know if anyone watches real housewives everyone being like no and be, i'm still you know, pushing through and proceeding going, like anyway. so many people being like no this is about your job basically is on there's the a line. woman called cool. lisa yep. vanderpump yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't need to know, but there's like swans and yeah. So one there of the swans is called, called Panky. Lucy, and- Lucy, Apple Juicy. Yep. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Erica's son flipped his car five times, but Teresa's at six. Ooh. Anyway. Speaking of Erica, should we catch up briefly on new um, BH? So this is a completely, I'm going off of memory now because it's been two weeks ago since I watched the episode. Has there not been a new episode this week? No. Has there? What's the episode? No, you- I thought there hadn't. The last one I watched was the disco one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that is the last one. I think they had a week off this week. I want... There you go. Mm. Not just us. (laughs) (laughs) We're just following Bravo's schedule here. I mean, guys, it's just... It's out of our hands, you know? New Beverly Hills. What happened this week? Remind me. Oh, my God. No, I watched it more recently than you. I'm sorry. I remember the outfits. Yeah, some great looks. My main memory is the outfits and is is Crystal's husband. Is a really amazing scene between Crystal and her husband and, and finding that very moving. Yes. Which was punctured that... only by Kathy right. Wilson coming around <laughs> demanding some crackers. Do you have any snacks? I'm kind of hungry. Do you have a Diet Coke? Do you have a Diet Coke? Okay. Do you have Gouda? Gouda? Mm. Any little nuts, crackers or anything? 
so yes that was that was one of the scenes uh another one was i on the subject of kathy i felt like there was a lot of foreshadowing about kathy's Mm. eventual cancellation this season right when she was like what is it toothless not homeless and then everyone suddenly getting really annoyed with kathy for getting i know the name wrong and then and her she laughing was like, Did you see everyone just jumped down my throat and she's like, yeah, you can't say anything these days without getting cancelled. You can't say anything these days without getting cancelled. And like half the cast clutching their pearls being like, <gasps> about her getting the name of the charity wrong, but somehow fighting and screaming at the actual event of the charity is kosher. A hundred percent. Also, yeah. it is a stupid name. It is a stupid name. It is a stupid, short-sighted name for a charity that implies you will still be homeless but luckily you won't be toothless. I think we can all get on board with the mission of the charity but the name is shit and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Totally. And also the reason why everyone kept saying toothless not homeless and then being like, hang on, is because it feels really wrong to start with homeless mm-hmm. as a statement yeah you could see that's why everyone kept going no it can't be that and then being like toothless not homeless and then being like oh no it is homeless not yeah. toothless is because when you go to start with homeless not toothless you think that can't be right i can't be saying stay homeless yeah and then you're like oh no i am right i feel like we're not quite there yet but i can also sense that the term homeless is going to quickly become very politically incorrect i you know sometimes people start saying people of no fixed abode instead of homeless so i feel like it's going to age itself very quickly in the next couple of years so it's just it's doomed for failure on many levels absolutely i think with the kathy thing it's very much i can't quite put my finger on it yet but it's sort of giving me denise 2.0 vibes where it seems like kathy's on mm. her second season just chugging along nicely doing what she's always done but now suddenly people are taking offense yeah and looking for tits on an ant if you will over behavior that they previously all found quite charming Yes, I agree. Oh, I have to. Oh my God. When Kathy, I did, <laughs> when she's like, I've worked with the homeless, I've worked with the toothless. I'm real. <laughs> it gave me very Sonia Morgan. I've raised millions for the yes. LGBT <laughs> vibes. <laughs> that was me at Pride last night. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that Erica's talking about drinking. It seems to be hitting all the same beats as season five kim richards and i wish that garcelle held her feet to the fire a bit more because i'm sorry i think repeatedly drinking when you're on medication that you're not supposed to be drinking on is a drinking problem for sure i was gonna say the same thing exactly the the way she was putting it like what three times i screwed up i was like garcelle is in a very strong position to be like passing out on a boat talking to my son the way that you did she had strong evidence to say i think i have every right to say you yeah. need to sort out your meds to drink balance because I don't want to be around that behaviour. Yeah. And instead, it got made a bit wishy-washy, which gave Erica quite a strong grounding to make it like you're trying to make me look bad. I mean, it's a great line that Garcelle has that like you're, you, oh, you know. Oh, of course. I don't yeah. have to make you look bad. But I did think she could have used the way Erica spoke to her son as part of a stronger argument. I think it's in the same vein as that Beverly Hills thing of oh that's a big word that's a big word to put on someone where it's like Mm. i think garcelle didn't want to pick that fight over the semantics of what it was but like it is a problem yeah you're so right that it's it's that's so true that often they'll all obviously this happened with crystal a lot um Mm -hmm. pick on the word and the semantics of it and therefore the issue underneath never gets dealt with or handled yeah and it also she didn't say she was an alcoholic 
she said a drinking no. problem. Yeah. It's like there isn't really another way of phrasing that. Yeah. And it was sort of that age old trope on Beverly Hills, especially of like, instead of coming to me personally, you went around to everybody else and talked to, about me behind my back. Whereas if you just asked my friends, then you would not, or like if you came to me and asked, it's just, ah. But also, Erica's like, if you'd asked any of my close friends, you'd know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, and Lisa Rinna is one of those close friends. And she went round to your house and said, you need to sort yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, so yeah. your close friends also thought you had a problem. Yeah. I did love in that sit-down, though, when Tariq said to Garcelle, and then you said to me, you're being Kyle, you're being Kyle. And Garcelle goes, you're exaggerating, Doreen. I didn't say you're being Kyle, you're being Kyle. I said, you're being Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I said it once. God, Doreen is so annoying. She's like a little chihuahua or something where... Which she she's a close second to Kyle's the Pikachu face you were doing an impression of where right. Dorit's always there like a little um, meerkat. It's like mm. and it's just oh, just pop back into your hole, Dorit. Exactly. What else happened in that episode? There was that really glorious instance of this. Was, there was a lot of like Garcelle rocking up and lancing through bullshit this episode. There was that one at the end with Erica, and then there was the one at the beginning where Diana brings up seemingly out of nowhere that she feels like Garcelle's not making an effort with her, mm. and Garcelle's like, oh, "Okay," and then Rin is like, "Do you hear her?" <gasps> yes. And, yes. And all that bullshit. And I loved the way when Garcelle <laughs> did it back to Lisa Rinner and that thing of, do you hear how patronizing you are all yeah, the time? Yeah. And also, I yeah. just totally stand by what Garcelle was saying about, like, it would be nice just once for someone in the group to do that on my behalf. Kind of whether you think I'm right or not. But they so have that dynamic, and Garcelle's very good at always pointing it out, of the group of women who consider themselves the kind of core group love that they're the core group in a way that it must be very hard to exist on the show, on the outside of that, Mm -hmm. and not just feel like you're constantly up against a kind of conglomerate triumvirate of people in the middle who are... I mean, to be honest, it's the same with New Jersey with Teresa or something, where you must just kind of go, what's the point if if there's the sort of brick wall at a certain point that I'm never going to have the support of that core group and they seem to have more power? Especially when the fight that this homogenous majority are picking with you seems to be your friendship with Saturn is problematic. So it's like, oh, so it's okay for you guys to back each other up. It's okay for you, Rinna, to interject yourself on Diana's behalf, but suddenly you speaking up for Sutton and helping her out yes. is problematic. Yes. Which I'm sorry, yeah. Sutton does need help. But yeah, anyway. Oh, annoying. Lisa Rinna, get in the bin. Get in the bin. I've had enough of her. I've had enough of her. Right, so... Where did we leave off in New Jersey? The big fight at the shore? Yeah, we left off at the big fight at the shore. So we sort of talked about Louis and Bill's affair in very sort of elementary That made terms. it sound like Louis and Bill had the affair <laughs> together. Yeah. Louis and Bill's steamy night in <laughs> Sacramento. It was a one-time thing. Someone's been reading my fan fiction. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Danielle was there. (laughs) Come on, Danielle would be a starring role in all of your fan fiction. (laughs) Oh my God, completely. God, I love her. I just, bring her back. I miss her a bit, actually. Mm. I Mm. just can't help myself. I've even got Michael into it. Occasionally, we'll just be in silence, me and Michael, and we'll go, "Mm." (laughs) Mm. I just think it's very interesting how, you know, mm." (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so we left off at the shore with the big argument over Bill's affair and Margaret asking Louis about the Bidial. And then Jennifer calling the Gorgas crooks. And and, and, and Jennifer... Wrenching and Melissa's Melissa getting into, getting into a fisticuffs. fisticuffs. Yes. Jinx. So is a good place to start with Tracy's treetop day out. <laughs> because it's potentially up there with one of my favorite episodes i want to talk about that in just a second i just think for the purposes of wrapping a bow up with the jennifer bills i love it when you talk to me like a parent it really (laughs) triggers me when you talk to me like one of my parents when i was younger i'm really really patronizing you're like i i that sounds great and i can't wait to hear about it in just five minutes sweetheart you stopped me in the middle of my compliment sandwich. Oh. <laughs> you had a little slice of bread on the end and call it a day. Um, I just want to talk a bit about the detente that Margaret and Jennifer have in the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Um, just for one reason, because they more or less draw a line under the, the Bill and Jen of it all. But also, I want to talk about this weird leitmotif throughout the whole of New Jersey, which is Margaret's unhinged devotion to coffee mate in all its sundry forms <laughs> did you see no. so those who are eagle-eyed will know that margaret's oh, always she's she's walking around with a milky coffee wherever she goes and i first noticed it at the end of the previous no not even the previous season the end of season 10 at the finale where everyone finds out that Teresa told Danielle to pull Margaret's hair and Margaret, to steady herself, goes into the kitchen and makes herself a cup of coffee, even though it's like 11 o'clock at night. And she whips out a wholesale Costco barrel of coffee mate powder. And I would say conservatively pours the entire thing into this like regular sized mug of coffee. And then she's walking around to meet Teresa and I didn't even notice. Michael was watching it with me and he was like, does she have marshmallows in her coffee? And I was like, what? No. And we had to like freeze frame it. And there's just like massive clumps of undissolved coffee mate just bobbing around on the surface of this coffee. So I already knew that oh my God. she was no stranger when it came to coffee mate. And then in this scene with Jen, she's like, she goes up to the counter and she's like, I'll just get a black coffee. And I was like, black coffee? This isn't the Margaret I know. <laughs> and then it comes. It's like a tiny, like, eight-ounce cup of coffee as well. I was like, where the hell is this going? And then Margaret pulls out of her handbag a massive bottle of Snickers-flavoured coffee creamer. And again, pours the entire thing into it to the point where it's just, like, dripping out of oh, the side. God, that's so funny. Sorry, I just... Nothing to do with anything, but no, it just... No, maybe she has a franchise a deal with them or something. And that's, I it's just, like, I the looked, least subtle I was like, where can I get the Snickers coffee creamer? <laughs> <laughs> Someone at Coffee oh. Mate, get her an endorsement deal. Jesus. Absolutely. You're missing out. She's really making me crave a Snickers flavor coffee creamer, and I never thought I'd say that. Was that the only reason you wanted to talk about that scene? I thought you were going to talk about the heartwarming thing of them having like an adult conversation and coming to, but no, just the Snickers coffee, mate. No, 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 no. no. There's a, this. It's just a very good scene because it just really put it into into perspective that these are two really. <laughs> It's all about coffee, mate. It's one of the Looney Tunes. Really put it into perspective that these are just two really good players. And it was just a very well done scene with a clear beginning, middle and an end. And I really 
listen, Jen is annoying and she's a troll and she can be obnoxious. But there is just something very sad about her admitting that she has the lower hand in the sense that yeah. Margaret will always have Team New School backing her up. Whereas Teresa and Dolores, they don't really care yeah. enough or have the energy enough to go to bat for Jen. And she's sort of on an island by herself. And it's a dangerous position that's very sort of Danielle adjacent. No, I, I, I much prefer Jen this season because of that more vulnerable side and... Also, I do think she's become a very good character in the show. And obviously that takes a few yeah. seasons to work out what your role is or how you fit. But I thought that was a really great scene and very satisfying. And also, I think the reason Margaret's such a good player is because when Margaret is sort of sat down face to face with someone and apologises, she does it very well. Potentially better than anyone else on the show whenever she goes very earnest. And, you know, she's very good at owning something and just saying you know what I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that because that did really hurt if he's without a but without an explanation without the kind of Dolores Teresa thing of piling on all the reasons why they were gotten to that state or whatever yeah despite what I said about Margaret last week she's very good at having her foot on someone's neck just hard enough and taking it off at the right time that it doesn't tip over into complete villainy where she's still yeah yeah. manages to humanize herself. I don't quite get Margaret's train of thought when she initially outed the affair. No, it was low. It's an unfair double standard of gender that Jen is perpetuating. But I can see the logic in Jen's mind why she has suffered in silence for years after her husband's cheated on her. And she suffered in silence purely for the sake of the family unit. And she's seen this woman come in and she's triggered by someone who has made insensitive marks about her culture. And she's very open and fluid with her sexuality and she's unashamed about it and immediately came out of the gate not bragging like jen would say but kind of being very frank about the fact that she cheated on her ex-husband and she's she has a fractured relationship with her family there's a lot of misdirected feelings i think about jen towards margaret which isn't fair but i think there's also this weird kind of fascination jealousy between margaret and jen where I think Jen is both envious and disgusted by Marge's way of life in equal measure. And I find it such an interesting dynamic and a really interesting case study in differences in culture in modern day America. It's like very endlessly analyzable. But also I agree that it's odd that Margaret didn't find out that Jen's husband had an affair and that she never said anything and go, oh, I understand why you do that rather than go, that makes no sense why you would penalize me for this. If your husband had an affair, it's yeah. like, no, no, that's the reason. So I agree that I didn't yeah. I didn't think her logic made sense, but I thought she owned it well, and I thought that they came to a positive conclusion. And yes. I do think, not that, not that they should be grateful yeah. to Margaret, but I do think it will be better in the long term for Jen and her family to... It does seem like it was a situation yeah. that was just in no way dealt with or... And mainly Jen's admission that she never kind of grieved it or was felt able to be angry or to process it in a way that I think she, yeah. they'll be much stronger and she'll be much happier as a person for working through it and choosing to, to be stronger. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for considering we can lose count of the amount of marriages over the years on any of the Real Housewives cities where there's been instances or hints or of rumours of people cheating on one another. I actually think even with solid hard evidence and admission that Bill has cheated on Jennifer in the past, I actually think their marriage is one of the strongest on all of the Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. I can't really imagine them ever divorcing. And I do genuinely think that that in part has been strengthened by... Yeah, I think it is good. Secrets make you sick. 
The only thing I will say about this scene is it's such... Yes. Is that why you have eye herpes? <laughs> Not currently, but... <laughs> <laughs> what, the secret's making you... Oh, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm out and proud about my eye herpes. Thank it's you. why he has eye herpes. <laughs> it's full of secrets. <laughs> I just want to clarify because I was told to, not told to, <laughs> I want to rephrase that. It's connected to like cold sores. It's not you've got it in any kind of nefarious way. So I just want to make that clear to everyone. No one has given me eye herpes. Crystal. Crystal play. <laughs> oh, God. All on the same I'm page now. i edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway... It was just such a bit of a cock tease, though, because we almost had a reshuffling of the deck in the cast alliances where Jen and Margaret, after they called that detente, Jen sort of kicked the tires about throwing Teresa under the bus and hinting that Teresa asked Jen mm-hmm. to go digging on her behalf about Evan. I kind of wish that she... she it's like the same thing it with felt Jackie there was be a flip. Jen calling a yeah. detente last week. I kind of wish that there was like a bit more of a blending of alliances, but we weren't going to get that. And that is what it is. That's why I liked the treetop scene, because I feel mm-hmm. like that was an opportunity where both Jen and Dolores, on the whole, are very quiet or kind of in the middle in that scene partly because Teresa's behavior is so bad and it's the closest it felt like there could be a shift of alliances and then everything just goes back to um to before but okay can we talk about the treetop scene now yes please okay so Tracy has organized for the group she's (laughs) basically planned a day out at go ape (laughs) Tracy who at this point we still don't really know who she is and we quite often confuse her for Jackie I, I don't know about you but I constantly see her and be and think it's Jackie and then I'm like Oh no, that's I know that's another mean. person. I've never seen someone quite so because it's not even like she's so boring in a kind of camp. Go on, girl, give us nothing kind of way. She's like that photo in Back to the Future that's just like slowly fading as <laughs> as the season goes on. She becomes more and more transparent and undefined. She literally is just an extra at this point. The most undefined housewife addition right. in history. So Tracy's taken them all for for a kind of famous five day out adventure. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to be about trust building. And Teresa comes in hot off the press. Uh, that's not the phrase I was looking for. What's it called? Oh my gosh, what's um, the phrase I'm looking for? She just comes in hot. Comes in hot, we'll use that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. Can't go wrong with it. Don't overcomplicate it, Ellie. Keep it simple. So yeah, trailing 20 bags of gym wear. That's potentially the best detail of the whole thing is the fact that she's like, (laughs) she's both gifting them all her new gym wear, but she's like positively fuming for the entire thing. She's coming in to call them all, like yelling from the get-go about how they're all basically pieces of shit. But also if you could model them by tat, that would be great. Literally, it's (laughs) amazing. So why is she in such a foul mood again? Because she's heard that Tracy's husband... Yeah, it's not even Tracy, it's just... Tracy's husband Tiki asked at the boys' night whether any of the abuse allegations were true to Louis. And that's what Teresa's so mad about, right? Yes. And I think in Teresa's warped mind, a man and a woman, they are one and the same, famously, in Christ and (laughs) in life. So yeah, there's no getting out of this one for Tracy. Yeah, that, that's all she needs. We know this is Teresa. Right, so she she already comes in. So she hates Tracy. She wants to ruin Tracy's yeah, day. Ruin her life. But then she's also... Who else is she mad at? And she's mad at Margaret. She's mad... Yeah, Margaret and Tracy. And just Anyone sort of, who's yeah, asked Louis a question two. ever. Yeah, 
It's pretty much anyone who's a blonde, because she's sort of yelling abuse at Jackie at one point as well about analogies. I was going to say, how do we get to the point where she's then, how do we get to the analogy argument? Because the analogy argument was my favourite bit of the whole series. Because it's Teresa, this is what I mean. It's Teresa, like, bringing up apropos of nothing, being like, and you didn't say that about my daughter, you shouldn't tell anyone nothing. It's like literally to do with nothing. It's just like when she remembers to bring it up, she'll yeah. start honking about it. Exactly. That's right. So Margaret accuses Teresa of being the one who asked Jen to dig on Jackie's and on Jackie's husband, Evan. And it's funny because at that point, I remember thinking, oh, Margaret slightly pulled that out of what she's done is taken what Jen said, which was, I'm not going to say that. Mm -hmm. And has made it like, oh, I couldn't possibly say. Yeah. And so... I thought Margaret was going to say, well, Teresa, I think you told Jen to do that digging and that Jen was going to be like, no, I didn't say that. So when Jen really quietly pipes up and is like, Teresa, it's okay. You were mad and you asked me to do it or whatever. I was like, oh my God, she did. That's a big deal. It's It's a big deal all around. It's a big deal for Jen to say that to Teresa as well, no matter how docile she was. Exactly. And that's why it felt so close to like the shifting allegiance because Jen does dob Teresa in basically yeah in that moment and then that's when Jackie's saying how could you two have been digging on me considering the state I was in and Teresa's like well you said the thing about my daughter and Jackie's like it was an analogy and then Teresa's like nah (laughs) nah she's like if it was if you didn't want her you should have said it was an analogy and stuff and then they're like nobody says nobody says if they're gonna use an analogy you don't say I'm gonna use an analogy and then Dolores wonderfully pipes up where she's like oh yeah yeah. for example Use for example. Use for example. That's okay. That would have been okay. Everybody knows where they're at with for example. I've been to this part of the zoo before. And Teresa's like, yeah, yeah, for example. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. As if she would have got it. For example. (laughs) Just all of them screaming the word analogy in these hard helmets. Half of them are like hoisted 20 feet in the air. Exactly, with (laughs) Tracy in the harness just standing on the bridge and going, oh, well, this is going well. (laughs) I like to think in the unedited scene, they all just walk off and forget about Tracy and it's dark. And, and Tracy's, Tracy's like, hello. Hanging there in the like, yeah. guys, <laughs> hi. I will say, I will give this to Teresa. She is a team player. For someone of her stature with her longevity and clout on the show, she could have very easily have not given Tracy at the time of day. This could have really easily been a Bethany versus Kristen Takeman situation where Bethany just like refused point blank to acknowledge Kristen's existence. Mm. But Teresa's a professional she shows up, she fights with whomever, even if it's painfully obvious that, Ter- that Tracy's not going to hang about after this season. And I just think, no matter how you feel about Teresa, I know I'm not getting you on a good day here after you came in hot off the press about Teresa. Thank you. But I do genuinely believe that you could bring back Caroline, Jacqueline, Kathy, Kim's G and D, and Teresa wouldn't threaten to quit or like refuse to film with them. She'd be like, bring it on! And like... Yeah. Film with all of them and fight with them all at the same time. Yeah, I just don't think it costs Teresa anything to fight. I think she just loves it. It's so good. When I first watched this scene, just to emphasize, I cannot express the 180 I did from going, oh my God, it's a team building exercise hosted by Tracy. This is going to be so fucking boring. Unless it's Vicky Gumbleson up there flapping her wings. I don't want (laughs) to know. Like no one does physical comedy like Ms. Gumbleson. The, my sheer joy when we suddenly see like a blurry image of Teresa in the background emerging from the shrubbery, <laughs> like a fucking Sasquatch <laughs> holding that workout line, like all those bags being like, what, you got something to say about my lip gloss? 
podcast, I was like, I knew all would be well. I actually we remember you watching, you were watching that episode in LA and I remember you yeah, watching yeah, yeah. it and you explaining to me about how the whole argument over an analogy and how I finally oh, got there. Wasn't it worth the wait? It is amazing. And I love the fact that at the end, she's just like storms off from the event, leaving her um, gifted gym wear in her wake and whilst drafting a text to ask everyone to wear <laughs> her new gym line at um, at the charity softball game. <sighs> so Margaret says no. And this is just another example of how vile Teresa is, that Teresa manages to make Margaret not wearing her gym wear as big an insult as, like, Margaret outing Bill having an effect. Like, everything is managed to be turned into... I just... I, I mean, I'm going around in circles, but this, this the same woman who constantly is, like, c- accuses everyone around her of being weak for caring about any, anything anyone ever says they care about that she said or that she did, where she's like, ah, you would care about that? I would... I wouldn't care about that, whatever, is the same person where someone not wearing her gym wear. The way she tells Melissa to wear those leggings, where it's a bit like, do you want me to stay close with my brother? Or do you want us to go back to season three? Where it's like, literally, it's the threat over everyone's head. So high stakes. And it's, we're talking about a pair of leggings. We're talking about a pair of leggings, which in no way are obvious that they're Teresa's. In what world would you look at that and know who was wearing what? No. If there wasn't an argument about it, it's not like we'd have known. And fucking Gia piping up and that whole bit when Gia's... I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh no, you're awful. I feel like Gia really was at a fork in the road where she just a mini Teresa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a mini Joe Judai. She's sort of like the worst of both of them. And I thought there might be a possibility where there'd be a sort of a fun ab fab situation where she's very sensible and sort of mothering Teresa yeah. and trying to keep her on track but she she really is the worst of the two of them also gotta love Teresa she never misses a beat to make a bad take even over the fairly low stakes stuff so you know like at the reunion last season where she gives us her pearls of wisdom about me too and then this year at the oh now it's game, fat shaming yeah, yeah yeah during a season where one of her castmates is opening up about her eating disorder, her eating disorder it's, just... it's incredible Incredible, and her complete lack of any awareness or ownership that when she does it, it's it's awful. And I really get what Jackie's saying when she's like, certain people in this group, I actually think are quite triggering. Where it must be, it just must feel like a very unsafe environment. Yeah, mad, mad. So Nashville, yeah. we we gas to yes. get to Nashville, baby. So everyone decides yeah. to go on a trip to um, my spiritual home, Nashville. Uh, have I told you about when I went? Have you been? I, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, multiple I know times. You, yeah, I know where you've been. What? Oh, multiple. Well, yeah. Well, I went once on oh, cast. Oh, okay, yeah. Did you go with your mum? And then I went with my mum. And, then, and yeah. what I was going to say was the yeah. time I went with my mum, the people hosting us, they just really thought we cared about stuff that we really didn't care about. And it was one of those things where they very sweetly kept trying to entertain us. But it would have been way nicer to just have our own time. So things like when we were in Arkansas with them, they took us to the Clinton Museum. And we had to walk around there for hours because they clearly, they were definitely Trump supporters and they clearly realised that we were like liberals and they were like, and I could see it was paining them to be there. It was sweet actually that they were like, you'll enjoy this. But then when we were in Nashville, they were taking us around the um, rock and roll museum of fame, hall of fame or whatever. Again, just not something I care that much about. And we really did our, but we did a couple of hours, but then we came down to the lobby and there was a point where the wife, Caroline, was being, was saying like, oh no, we, you know, we missed the exhibit on Jesse Maloney or whatever. It's just someone I'd never heard of where, (laughs) 
you could just and right. we were like oh we don't mind and it was like no no honestly we'll go back up and we all had to quite firmly kind of be like no we don't we don't we really don't mind oh, like we don't you just want to go to a honky tonk bar that was it is i was like we just want to go and buy stetsons yeah so that was my uh my experience of nashville I did not ride a bull. I did buy a cowboy hat. So you got to live it again vicariously. Exactly. You just wanted to knock back some spicy chicken wins with a load of Jersey house husbands. Don't we all? Stress me out that (sighs) that scene, (sighs) honestly. Yeah, on multiple levels. The men are just the worst. Get rid of them! I think it kind of... I don't want to linger on this for too long, but I think when the men have that sort of fractious get together with Bill, it kind of put it in perspective that Bill, the only palatable version of Bill on this show apparently is when he's Tony the Turk getting so fucked up that he's not even conscious anymore. But if he's just like quiet, stoic, doesn't want to care about the drama sort of Bill, suddenly everyone's like, ooh, that's weird. Yeah. And I think it really... It affects the casting process now, where if the mandate is you cannot become a real housewife unless you have a husband and a husband who's willing to film and a husband who's willing to film and be crazy, it's awful. then you're not going to get on the show. Yeah. It means we wouldn't get a Danielle in this day and age. We wouldn't get any of the cast of New York. Yeah, it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, it needs to go. And like, also, does anybody yeah. care about these scenes of them, these like frat boy party scenes of them like on a boat getting trapped? I don't understand how on earth that can be part of their um oh what's the word i'm looking for like their audience quota that care about that i do think there's and i don't know if it's the same with other reality tv fandoms but i think there's definitely a division between i'm using huge broad strokes here but between quote-unquote straight viewing and quote-unquote camp viewing yeah where some people view it through that camp lens and some people i think genuinely watch because they like to be inspired by women who are working and being mothers and being housewives and they can do it all whereas that kind of thing i find so boring and i just think with the house husbands it's kind of the same thing where i can see how some people maybe find them quite amusing but for me first of all i resent that the show tries to humanize a group of men who for the most part have just completely traumatized their wives they're all like in varying degrees of unhappy marriages. And also, as a gay person, I can completely imagine Frank Catania calling me a faggot at school. And it's like, I resent that he's encroaching on my happy fantasy viewing. But also all of their humour, it's like from the 90s of that thing of being like, oh, what are you, gay? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's really weird that it's given a platform in yeah. a show where surely, like, fundamentally a giant part of their audience are gay. I, I think it's very strange. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Nashville, let's talk about that trip because yes i've got uh, a wagamama on the way soon oh lovely katsu curry oh i'm thrilled no it's a yaki udon oh lovely sounds like ekin sue she's appearing on love island yaki. next year <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> new bombshell yaki udon oh, that yaki um, udon Ooh. so i mean nashville is there much to say apart from Teresa? having a proper old school moment so much so that Bravo feels they need to put it in slow motion when it happens. Proper old school table flip, drink throw in, gun toting, good time. <laughs> good time, um, yeah. It's yeah. Just nothing much to analyse. It's sort of like the no, basic piece of Teresa. Like... That's the thing with all of this and, and the reunion in a way is that there's a limit to what we can say because it's just... It's just Teresa being completely vile, as always. And also... Yeah. Sorry, I pulled like seven facial expressions in that silence. It's just between you and me. But also just the hypocrisy becoming... I mean, I know that it's been impossible to argue with for the last 12 seasons or whatever, but really reaching new heights of 
it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't matter whether Louis is there being like, calm down, I don't want you to do this. I don't, whatever. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. There's literally no, there is no one that can get through to her in those moments. So this scene reminded me a bit of um, Kim Richards when she was with Ken at the end of season two, where you go through the whole season thinking this guy's bad news. There's so many red flags. There's so much smoke. And all of that still is true. But by the end of it... You just feel sorry for the guy. It's very easy in that mindset to think that Kim or Teresa are this sort of angel who's being corrupted by the guy. And then actually, you're like, oh, dude, you're actually better... Like, you're better off without her. You're so right. The whole way through, you think that there's something dark about Louis. And by the end, you just think, oh, you poor mug. You're you're sort of stuck there. And you really do seem to sort of idolise her in spite of everything you're seeing. And when they sit at that reunion and Andy Cohen keeps asking like, Louis, do you think Margaret did this? And he's like, no. (laughs) And he's like, are you angry at Margaret? No. (laughs) Literally, none of... Because at least, because you think watching the season, it's going to be one of those things where he agrees with Teresa and he's like, sides with her. And you're like, you're Mm -hmm. both awful. But actually, he comes out as just like, very measured and very, no, I don't think, and like has quite a decent... And what's mad is the fact that that doesn't make Teresa change her mind. Like she's... Also, you know, when she's like, we've never had a single argument. I'm like, that can't be true. That can't be true. It can't be true. And also, I don't think that's something to brag about. I just no, think it's really odd not when at all. say they've never had an argument. A hundred percent. I was like, A, that makes me worried. But B, that can't be possible with you. This is what worries me about Louis, is that previously in the season, we have these sort of grand romantic gestures that are so perfectly geared up for someone like Teresa when he like takes her out on a boat. and With the saxophonist. Like, get... <laughs> yeah, with the saxophonist, because she used to play the saxophone like I used to play the clarinet when I was nine. <laughs> and then he... <laughs> brings out a giant scroll giant scroll <laughs> and she's like well Basically, you see what he did for me and it, you're just like wow it really reminds like, me have i told you about the time when we were at cambridge and they were doing a panto and someone had said that one of the props the prop department needed to make was that they needed a an abacus and somewhere along the line there was a miscommunication <laughs> And they thought they had to build a giant abacus. So they like wheeled out this like eight foot abacus. And the director had to be like, no, no, just, just an abacus, just a normal just a size regular one. one. Regular and someone size. had clearly like been up all night on the side of their dissertation or whatever, like paper mashing this giant abacus. And it, this feels like that where it feels like all the things he asked for, it's like someone came back and they were, and he was like, no, just a scroll. What? Why is this bigger than the boat we're on? It's yes. the weirdest declamatory, like biblical moment. And also, but course- if you look down the list, one of them is like how bashful and authentic you are. And I'm like, I'm sorry, are we talking about the same woman? No, of course, it's a load of old guff, but it's like perfectly engineered for something like Teresa because it's that, it's what we said before. It completely plays into Teresa responding really well to imagery and cliches. So <laughs> yeah. all this pageantry, of course, is going to go down a tree on her. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I don't know. I think because Teresa's worldview is so entirely composed of opposites. We've said it before, like her friends are either loyal or disloyal. Kathy's mm-hmm. either a good cousin or a bad cousin. It stands to reason that the same rules apply for her romantic endeavors. And if Joe Judice is yelling at her and sending her to prison, Louis is giving her love letters and affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I think the irony is that for most people who are a bit more emotionally intelligent and also probably have a bit more experience in relationships, because Teresa, she like married Joe when she, yeah. she, she was like a high school sweetheart and he's the only guy she's ever known. And I think 
Teresa, I hope, I wish that she would realize that actually they're more similar than she gives them credit for and that they're actually two sides of the same coin and they're using separate means to achieve the same goal. Mm. And I just feel bad for the daughters where they're all probably getting taught terrible lessons as they go into their romantic phases yeah. in life. And and in many ways, it feels like Louis is a variation of a theme on Housewives of Brooks on OC or It's About Tom. But you could tell that Vicky and Luann were in denial and they both knew on some level, no matter how deep within them, that this would end in a disaster. There's none of that from Teresa. Teresa's going in, all in. She's found her Prince Charming. He's nice. He gives her nice things. He gives her presents. She's having that happy ending and she hasn't even considered the possibility that something's going to happen that might fuck all of that up for her. And to be honest, even with Luann marrying Tom... I kind of believe that, you know, there's that Barbara Kay hot mic moment where she's like, she'd rather get married and go through with it and then get a quickie divorce than call off the wedding. It feels like Luann wasn't, there was nothing really at stakes for her to lose. Whereas there's a real danger that Louis going to marry Teresa. Teresa's not going to sign a prenup because she believes in love. And then he's going to leave her and steal all of her money. Like this could end really badly in a way that hasn't happened with Vicky or Luann, where they're slightly more protected. Yeah, you know what I mean, I know. And then when you see even Andy Cohen's being like, "Please, Teresa, please." please. The other point about the Nashville fight, and also Louis at the reunion, where he's like, "I forgive you." Like Margaret wasn't doing anything wrong. Please, can we just stop talking about? It? And Teresa's like, "Nah, nah." The irony of this whole fight in Nashville came about because Teresa was saying, Margaret, if you didn't talk about it in the first place, this whole thing about Louis wouldn't be out there and you've given it light. And it's like now that everyone's drawn a line under it, you're still giving it light by perpetually talking about it because you can't let it go. Teresa, you've been doing this show. This is your 12th season now. You cannot be this naive. You must know if Margaret wasn't going to be the one to bring it up. Like It's like what Andy says at the reunion. Like Someone would. The producers would. But the way that she does that, it, it's the same with past seasons of like accusing Jacqueline of being the one that like turned her into the feds or whatever. But the way that it gets turned into being, no, no. But it's as if someone points out that logic and says, you realise that this would have been brought up anyway. So she then has to go, no, I'm saying I think Margaret was the one who gave the stories. Yeah. And you're like, what? What? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm saying I think Margaret. Yeah is respond and it's like now i've said it now i have to stick by that yeah do you think she genuinely does think that i honestly we've said it so many times but Teresa judice donald trump the crossover is massive i think the ego is so Mm. huge i can't i actually can't imagine being inside their brain because they've both said things where you think you can't believe that but it's like maybe you do or your level of pride must be so much it's like you don't care whether you believe it or not you're just like there's no yeah. thought to consequence where you're just like, I don't know, maybe I do, maybe I didn't. Did I say that? I guess. Like, I don't... I guess I, it like, is that, like, I mean, I'm just saying, you never know. Ah. Uh, you know? Oh, James, I'm exhausted even talking about her. Can we pivot then to the finale when they're still in Nashville, when they're on that rooftop, where Louis turns up with Teresa and takes Joe to one side and asks for Joe's blessing mm. to marry Teresa. Now... I get that people still do this and there's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. There's no judgment in that part. But speaking as someone who got married at City Hall, the concept of asking for a father's blessing is such a foreign concept to me as it is. Added to the mix, the fact that it's not even Teresa's father, it's Louis asking Teresa's younger brother for permission suddenly propels it to this like medieval place 
of yeah. like men doing men business and diaries and they're all negotiating on behalf of a woman who has no say in the matter. And it's also just like another page in the endless chronicle that is the warped Oedipal complex. Yeah, 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 exactly. The Gorga family where brothers are husbands and fathers and it's just very bizarre. Yes, very. And then Joe, like a good TV player, basically is like, sure, but while we're here, can you just settle the new round of allegations that are going around, which is you've been physically abusive. It feels like a repeat of that pizza party where I think I've realised that Louis quite, I wouldn't say good, but he's quite comfortable in the world of monologues. I think he likes giving his little uplifting sermons. The vernacular as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's just like a lot of feel-good platitudes. Yes, exactly. He's he's really got the vibe of a cult leader or of exactly like you're saying, like a preacher. He and Ziggy should team up and be motivational speakers. But oh he God. sounds like one of those headset-wearing motivational speakers. Yeah. He has the vibe of a kind of Tony Robbins, I am your guru, I'm not your guru. <laughs> The opposite. Yeah. <laughs> opposite. <laughs> I love that documentary. Um, but it's like as soon as he's actually then has to answer questions or there's like a follow up to the sermon, yeah. it's like then he's in trouble and he's like barging out being like, this is too much. It's too much. Let's, let's just fly away on a private plane and get back yeah. to our new house. Like Teresa, you'll never have to work a day in your life. I treat you like a princess. And it's just Eesh, that whole. No, ick, yuck. Ah. Also, it really makes me laugh when they move into the new house and the, all the kids are like, this is amazing. And I'm like, it looks identical to the house you just came from. It's like how Joe and Melissa move every year and I can never tell the difference between what they're yeah. living like. Well, it's kind of a variation on a theme in that they've moved from some gross, disgusting faux Venetian McMansion to some gross, disgusting faux Tudor McMansion. Yes, you know, it's yeah, like... exactly. It looks like it all got picked up out of Alton Towers and like dropped in New Jersey. Yeah. And it's also like, I can't make hide nor hair of the layout of the house. It's a bit like the Winchester Mystery House where it's like, corners aren't leading places there's just something very off totally there's like like the odd turret it's very strange so what would you like to wrap up on i don't have much to say just it made me laugh when margaret had her last one-on-one with Teresa on this rooftop where margaret basically lists every way in which she's been an amazing loyal supportive friend to Teresa. and in response Teresa's like ditto and marge is like ditto and (laughs) Teresa's like i mean vice versa and marge is like vice versa and then she's like and then just walks off. I also really enjoy in the reunion the bit when Teresa's being like, no, you ruined your night. And she's like, no, you ruined your night. And that Margaret yeah, yeah, just yeah. starts playing Teresa at her own game of just being... Yeah. And like, I enjoy Margaret's sense of humour in that reunion because it's so yeah, yeah. ludicrous. I also think what we need to end on is Andy Cohen just losing his shit to the women. Okay. And hitting that point where he's just like, shut, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> he basically sums up what we've all been wanting to say for like 10 seasons to Teresa at that point. The man has spoken. Exactly. My favourite Andy moment in the reunion is when he pulls a Caroline Manzo and asks Teresa point blank to give him one, give me one moment specifically where she has had Melissa's back. (laughs) And Teresa genuinely has to think so hard to remember that she somehow, I don't know how she does it, she telepathically manages to blow the whole studio circuit board. It's extraordinary. (laughs) It's like something from the film, the fact that she's having to think so hard and we're all on tenterhooks being like, what moment is she going to pick? And the lights just really slowly go like... I know, it's like... (laughs) 
It's like the sound I imagine Teresa's brain making when she goes into her fugue state that she often does. It's like, you know how people say that the national grid has to prepare for an upsurge of power at the end of EastEnders or Corrie because Mm -hmm. everyone scuttles off to the kitchen to make a cup of tea. It's like that when Teresa's thinking harder than she normally does. The producers should be prepared for this. They should have had the generator ready. Totally. They should have been ready. It's like, oh, Teresa's got to think hard now. Like, come on. She's going to sap (laughs) out all the energy otherwise. I guess the only other thing from that reunion really is this whole thing of Joe Gorger and Teresa. Look, I don't like their scenes with the house husbands, but if he is being paid, Teresa's just so obviously so proud and the idea that her brother is also being paid to be on the show and is basically one of the housewives. So she can't deal with it. And the way she puts him down with that And actually, I think the quite honest reaction of his of being like, well, then I quit. It's a really interesting form of emasculation of basically being like, what are you doing on this show with a group of women? Mm -hmm. And her like point blank refusal that she said anything when she keeps being like, I didn't say anything to put you down. And it's like, you literally just said like, you are a little bitch boy. And she's like, I didn't say anything mean or whatever. It just is why I hit the point of going, I I actually can't watch you anymore. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm in two minds about it because I actually did like someone holding up a mirror to that whole annoying shtick of men, we fight this way and women, they fight that way. But Teresa, you need Joe Gorga on this show more than you think because by having your family on, it actually really humanizes you to the extent where if you weren't, if you were just a lone ranger here, you would be more Danielle style adjacent than you would like to think. You would just be some absolute horror show. Totally. And on that note... Let's I leave her behind. Case. Please. This is the finale of season three of the Housewives Archives and I feel like it's been a marathon, but I feel like we need to say some words to wrap it all up <laughs> before we go back into hibernation where we belong. I just dropped my iPad again as James yes. was making his very oh, rousing speech. <laughs> Oh, I took the hint. Whimper, not with a bang. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are our thoughts? Like, What were your favourite moments? Least favourite? Any takeaways? Well, is there anything in us doing a finale episode where we look back so that we can actually... Oh, God. Well, just because I'll be free then. As in, I don't want to rush. I actually think that's a really lovely idea. And I don't want to rush... Mm-hmm now but i'd actually quite like to like look back at the 12 seasons or do you not want to no we can i just think i'm a bit traumatized i think we i think i bit off more than i could chew with this season of the housewives archives i think it was a great idea that ellie had that we should go through chronologically and talk about a season at a time ended up being a lot more work than i imagined but i'm happy to do one last hurrah even if it's like a little mini episode yeah oh no now i'm worried that you're traumatized no, no, I can do it. If you're going to be free. I'm worried that this was like you crawling towards the finish line and I've just extended the finish line by another mile. Ellie, I was going to say no, but I can hear the public at home clamouring, saying, <laughs> yes, encore. We want more. You're the voice of a generation. Is anyone even listening anymore? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they are. Yeah. Well, no, we get lovely reviews and messages all the time and it means so much to us tell you what next week you can read some out to me oh, God. <laughs> okay sure we'll just fuck it we'll do one more what's like 25 episodes instead of 24 like... <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than a season of Grey's Anatomy at this point oh like, you're such a star it's been like half a year <laughs> it's longer than season 3 of New Jersey it was like 28 episodes <laughs> we've been in the trenches with these women I know. Anyway, maybe I'll stop talking. Yeah, if you want to do one more episode, then we can. 
I want one more. And now I've got a yaki udon with my name on it. I'm not one to get in the way of that. <laughs> Never get between a woman and a yaki udon. Well, I like that yaki udon. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. If you want to find out more, then uh, you can... Ellie, shall I just do it? (laughs) I've got it in front of me. Don't you worry, a little pretty little head over it. You can go to your yucky udon. Thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating, or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining, and we'll see you next time. Bye! What a pro.